it does get to some national team matches are moving forward. Herrera stays on side. A lovely ball to Malik. Osama Malik cuts back. Here's a chance, Kuruska. It's 1-0 for Adelaide, Marcelo Kuruska. Well, what a calm, what a calm and clever finish. It's just composure. He gets the ball, he makes it look easy. It's like time stands still. Kuruska, it's just a side foot. He almost passes it into the net. It's a terrible mistake from the Mariners' defence. G'day guys and welcome to the Purebred Reds, Adelaide United Fan TV. We are here to film our third ever Reddened Legends segment and I'm absolutely thrilled to have with me one of Adelaide United's greatest ever players, a certain fan favourite and uh, certainly someone that most fans will remember for as long as they live, Marcella Karuska. Great to have you. It's a privilege to have you in the studio today. Um, why don't you tell us uh, how it's been for you briefly just coming back to Adelaide? Thank you, thank you very much for the invitation first. No, thank you. And yeah, of course, so happy to be back. Uh, you know, I have all my, my friends, uh, this is my city, so uh, my family is, uh, is happy to be here again. Oh, it's beautiful to hear. We love having you back. Um, very refreshing to see that um, you chose Adelaide as your home um, after, after retiring professionally, obviously. Um, I'm going to take you uh, back to the very beginning of your career. Um, so before we deep dive into the many fantastic memories you provided Adelaide United fans throughout what was remarkably um, a, a very successful stint for you in Australia, let's touch uh, on the experience that you were bringing to Adelaide United before you signed with the club back in August of 2012. So prior to coming here, Cello, you played nearly 200 games professionally across the top leagues of Argentina and Mexico, as well as having joined Turkish giants Galatasaray, where you featured in the UEFA Champions League. Can you describe what it was like to play at such a high level for, uh, to us for so many years? Yes, look, uh, since I started playing football, my dream was to become a professional player. Mm -hmm. And after a lot of sacrifices and hard work, I became a professional soccer player when I was 18. I was playing for my club, Estudiante de la Plata. Yep, big club. Big, big club. I've been there many, many years for, since I was 11. Okay. So after, after seven years, I became professional. And yeah, it was, one, was something nice in, that I will never forget. You know, it was my, my dream come true. And uh, 
I was enjoying and I was playing and after, of course, after you play a couple of years, you want to play in Europe, this is another, my, my objective and uh, finally I did it, I, I went to, to Galatasaray, uh, also it's a big, big club and uh, I, I had the opportunity to play there and play the, the Champions League, it's mm -hmm. something that also I will never forget, so uh, yeah, I have a, a very, very, I was very, very lucky. Um, can you sort of uh, tell us, like, what was the pressure like going to Galatasaray? Was it a new kind of pressure for you? Um, obviously, um, a massive, massive fan base in Europe, um, a very, very proud history, um, a regular outfit in the UEFA Champions League, coming from Estudiantes, which was still a very big club in Argentina, but you might argue probably not the same kind of level as top European sort of standard of football. New kind of pressure there? Yeah, yeah, of course, but when you are young, you, you don't feel that pressure. So maybe when you get older, you start to feel more, more pressure when, when you play. But uh, at that moment, I was enjoying it. Uh, I was living the, the dream, you know, playing, yeah, sure. uh, playing in Europe, uh, playing this kind of tournament. Uh, it was, uh, was something uh, unbelievable for me and also for, for my family at the time. Uh, uh, I grew up very, very quick uh, when I went there because I left when I was 22 and I was living with my parents there. So I left and I, I went to, to Turkey, different country, different culture. Mm -hmm. and, uh, was, it was a bit difficult the first six months, but uh, after I signed five years, uh, I was there and I uh, started to play, I started to feel better. And yeah, and after a couple of years, I, I left, I went to 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 Mexico to find to to, to play more games yeah. Uh, and yeah finally I came back to to Argentina uh, playing in three different clubs there mm -hmm. and in 2012 I had the opportunity to come to this amazing country uh, that I call my home now. Absolutely, um, no, it's fantastic to uh, to hear about how your journey came to what it was. Um, just before we get into your time at, at Adelaide United, um, I just want to touch on uh, your experience playing uh, youth international football with Argentina. So uh, it's one of the less publicised facts about you that you're a member of Argentina's 2003 uh, FIFA Youth World Cup squad where you played alongside household names like Javier Mascherano, Carlos Tevez and Pablo Zavalleta. Argentina also performed strongly at that tournament as well. Uh, they finished fourth overall. Can you just briefly take us back to this time? Yeah, yeah. I was playing in uh, Estudiantes de la Plata actually after the two games. Yeah. The, the national team coach called me and I joined the, the, the club, the, the, club the, the team. And um, after a couple of months, we prepared to play the Sudamericano. That is the tournament that we play in South America to for qualified to the for the the World Cup, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we won that uh, tournament. And we played really really well. We became champions there, and after we went to the to the World Cup, and uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, Tevez couldn't come because he was playing, and the, the club didn't allow him to come. But we did really well. Unfortunately, we we finished uh, fourth that year. But it was a, another great experience for me. Yeah. Oh, fantastic to hear. So um, that brings us back to 2012, which was the start of it all. So uh, we'd come off a disappointing season in 2011-12 uh, under John Cosmina, who had just returned uh, to the club to uh, repair things um, after 
Reddy Cullen had been moved on. Uh, now, you are undoubtedly his biggest off-season signing. Here's what Michael Petrillo, the football director at the time, had to say in the lead-up to your arrival in Adelaide. So the quote is, all of our reports have indicated that Marcello is a high-quality player and individual. He ticks all the boxes that Cozzy has been looking for in the type of player he wants. And we're expecting him to not only add some real quality to our play, but he's also an exciting type of player that not only our fans, but football fans in general, will want to see in the A-League. Do you think, um, you know, speaking humbly, which you are, um, that was pretty much on the mark in regards to uh, the kind of player that was about to arrive? Yeah, look, um, I was uh, in Argentina playing in, in San Martín San Juan, and uh, after the season finished, I was looking to, to go overseas again, I spoke with my family, okay, something happened, something, some opportunity came from Europe, we, we, I think we'll be taken. And after a couple of months, maybe, yeah, a couple of weeks, I was talking with one of the, one club in Argentina, it was uh, Quilmes, that is next close to La Plata, where yeah. I was born, when I was living, so this was uh, I was talking with the club, with the coach and he said yeah no worries we, we, we want you here we're going to give you a contract I said okay no perfect so a couple of clubs called me I said no no worries I already have uh, an agreement with the club mm-hmm. and after the day before the the window closed yes the, that, this, the same coach called me and said look sorry but the club do not give you an offer now oh wow so it was a bit uh, yeah, difficult at the time yeah, yeah because I I already said look to a couple of clubs, I said, okay. So I spoke with my agent, I said, look, this is an opportunity to go to Australia. Mm-hmm. And I said, Australia, okay. I started to Google, I started to do some research about Adelaide, about Adelaide United. I called, I remember I called Patricio Perez, he was a, was, he's an Argentinian guy that we used to play together in the under 20, he was playing for Central Coast. Okay. Yes, and I know maybe eleven-ish, ten, ten, maybe yeah. yeah. And I called him and he said, "Look, if you you, you have the opportunity, you, you go because it's a beautiful city, beautiful country to live. Uh, the lifestyle is fantastic, as, um, but don't think it's gonna be easy. Yeah, because we don't know nothing about Australia when you are in Argentina. We don't see any games. We don't watch any games here. We sometimes we we hear something about." I know, kangaroos or koalas. It's a stereotypical view. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's true. So I did some of my research, I got a couple of friends, and everyone was telling me about the lifestyle here. I said, okay, with my family, I said, let's, let's go see what happened. I signed two years contract here, I came, and, and yeah, I fell in love with the country, with the city, started away. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so you enjoyed an excellent first season with Adelaide. Uh, you scored five goals in 22 games. However, things uh, went sour at the club as we suddenly parted ways with uh, head coach John Cosmina halfway through um, that first season of yours. Ensuring the club uh, was embroiled in turmoil throughout the remainder of the season. Um, were you convinced you'd still made the right decision to come here throughout this time? And did you have faith that the club would recover by the time of the 13-14 season? Yes, of course. Uh, I, I came here trying to, to play, to show my football, to help the team and to to be successful and uh, I have this in my mind and at the moment uh, I was uh, playing all the time with, with Cosi. Yep. he gave me the chance to, to show my football here, I was enjoying a lot uh, since the first day I came to Australia, 
So always believe that uh, I am always positive, optimist guy mm-hmm. that always think that if everything is going to be better yep. and I work very hard for that also as a individual also as a team uh, I remember we created a good group from the first for the first uh, time the first year um, yeah and after that, everything started to change and you know how how finish after a couple of years of uh, course we, we, we finished winning everything and mm. something Great, uh, yeah. Um, so I just want to ask, when Kuzmina left, um, did that sort of um, negatively impact things at all? Because we're playing some fantastic football throughout that period. Um, there were a few upsetting results. I think we got smashed away at Western Sydney, maybe 6-1. But other than those few games where uh, things didn't really sort of happen for us, we were playing some very good football at the time. Yeah. And it felt like um, it was a season that we really could have gone on and, and achieved something. But in the end, we just fell a little bit short. Yeah, yeah. I remember we we played the finals. We have a pretty good team. Mm. I remember we played with Dario Bidosic in the middle. Correct. Bruce Chite at front. Uh, we Ferreira as well, I think. Yeah, yeah Ferreira came after. We have a pretty good team, but uh, you know how the final is. Yeah. And unfortunately, we couldn't achieve anything. But uh, the the main thing was that they maintain most of the players. Yes. And I think this is uh, the key of the success that we got after. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's pretty much on the mark. So uh, just moving along. So uh, it was then during the 2013-14 season that the club decided to take a chance on the highly ambitious but rather inexperienced Spanish coach Josep Gombau. Ultimately, you and Josip uh, formed a successful partnership uh, professionally, uh, as he would later sign you at Western Sydney. However, um, what were your uh, first thoughts about him when he first came here? Um, And did you think he had it in him to revolutionise the way our team played its football, as well as how the club operated culturally? Yes, yes, definitely. Josip brought his style, his his Spanish style, trying to play from the back, you know, and trying to to be the owner of the, the the game all the time to get the ball to play uh, attractive football and and we did it it was difficult from the first time for the first training it was difficult to understand what he okay. he tried to 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 do with us he tried to play a different kind of football that mm-hmm. uh, was the difficult at the first maybe 3 4 weeks to understand and to uh, to buy what he want to do it uh, but after when we understood exactly what he wants and the way that he want to play every single game, uh, everything changed. Uh, the first games uh, we we start losing. We didn't uh, we didn't play the way that he wants, and uh, of course it was difficult because we we train we we changed the, the style of playing uh, almost not hundred percent, but uh, a lot of things. A lot of new things um, for the for us was uh, was uh, tough, but after when we learned exactly the way that he wanted, uh, we we start to enjoy playing, enjoying and have fun inside the pitch. And it's something that this gives you the confidence and uh, start to win games. And yeah, this I think it was was uh, the key to start to enjoy the, the games. Did he? Because this is a um, a point about history that a lot of people are interested in and fascinated by. When he first came, did he um, was he able to get all the players to buy into what he wanted straight away? Like, was it 
meeting the players and then from that point everyone was on board or did he have to convince a few people for a bit of time yeah of course I think like every coach the more difficult thing is the management Mm -hmm. to manage uh, 23 players uh, is is not easy and of course there is players that would like the the life the the playing style style that he he brought and um, there were players that didn't like it but uh, sometimes, uh, even if you are not agree with things, you he was the boss, and mm-hmm. we follow him. We follow him, we support him, and uh, and we did exactly what he wants. And after we 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 become a champion, and uh, it was something that uh, grateful for the club. Mm-hmm. First time the, we played the FFA Cup, and we won it. Uh, and after we won the, the championship and we finished first, we won the league because uh, was big part because of Joseph. Okay, no, I think that pretty much checks out with most people. So um, it's always refreshing to hear uh, someone validate um, just how important his ethos was when he first came to the club and what he wanted to install. So um, I just wanted to touch on that quickly. So anyway, you ended uh, that season um, with exceptional form on a personal note once again. Um, you scored five and you assisted five uh, in 13-14. It was then in the 2014-15 season when we really started hitting our straps as a team. Uh, we won silverware for the first time, as you just mentioned, um, winning the FA Cup. You yourself were, give, were going from strength to strength as well. Uh, you scored seven goals in 19 games during that season, where, would, where we would eventually go deep into the final series, but ultimately not um, win the main trophy. Now, in your third season in the A-League, what were the main observations you'd made as to how football in Australia, although still evolving, differed to Argentinian football? When I arrived here, I saw a couple of differences compared with Argentinian football. Uh, but uh, in the end of the day, I was playing, I was enjoying my football, and uh, and I didn't feel the difference. To be honest, mm-hmm. we created a good club, a good team, and uh, we were playing well. We were enjoying the the games and and winning games also. And I think uh, uh, I adapted very quick to this uh, football. Um, yeah. To the edge of the ground, all over, and sign autographs for the 5,000 odd fans that were there. That's a lovely ball for Koroska, lovely touch! <laughs> and the only goal stars are in front. Nine minutes on the clock, and Marcelo Koroska has the goal. There hadn't been a whole lot of Argentinians that had played at the highest level that had a history of playing here in Australia. Um, there's an interview uh, in Spanish of you um, in one of the, uh, I think, I assume it's one of the, the biggest sports television networks in Argentina, um, giving an interview predominantly about your time here. It was around 2014, 2015, I think you were giving this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a lot of like interest in the fact that you'd gone all the way to Australia, which is a pretty sort of unknown terrain back home in Argentina, especially in regards to football. Were, were people quite interested in um, kind of understanding why you'd come here and what it was like in Australia, not, not just in regards to football, but <coughs> lifestyle as well? Did you get a lot of people asking you questions at home? Yeah, yes, yeah. of course. Of course, yeah. because there is not many, many players that came to this country and stay. Um, and uh, of course, when I come back, always in holidays to Argentina, always someone 
call me to ask me questions and to to compare the lifestyle, to compare the football in Australia, because as I said before, and we don't know anything from Argentina, we don't know anything about Australia. So it's quite interesting to know what's happening here. Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, of course I I got a lot of calls and still the people is trying to to call me and yeah. trying to ask me about about uh, the national team also now because Australia is going to the to play the the Copa America next year. Yes, you know, it's the, a big, big now, yeah. now the the people start to call me again and start to ask me yeah, about how how the Australia play, about the players and yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, that's very interesting. Um, so after a lucrative exhibition match against Liverpool in the 2015-16 pre-season, Josip Mbao walked out on Adelaide United and Guillermo Amor was handed the reins. This set the tone for what was to be a disastrous start to the greatest season in the club's history. We didn't win a game till round nine, uh, then won 13 of our next 18 games. Everyone uh, obviously knows the story of how our season panned out. We finished first and went on to win our maiden championship in unbelievable circumstances. For me, uh, the uh, true turning point throughout the season was uh, when we beat Sydney at home in round 10. On. Bodies there for Adelaide, that's a penalty! A penalty, virtually the last minute, Jacques Fati, the silky Marcelo Karuska, puts it away, and Adelaide win 2-1 in a match laced with controversy. Absolutely incredible, what a finish. And Karuska, and I reckon everything evens itself out. Well, they had two goals disallowed first half. You can argue whether that was a penalty. Graham Arnold wasn't. It looked like a, a spot kick to my eye. And that was just first class by Marcelo Karuska. When you converted that last minute penalty, as this was when we proved we had serious character and spirit, can you reflect on the entirety of the 2015-16 experience from your perspective for the viewers? Yes, as you say, the the first the first couple of games, first night games especially, uh, we couldn't find the way we couldn't uh, win any game. Even we played well a couple of games, but uh, we could we could we couldn't get points. And after that game against Sydney, when we won it, um, I think was a big boost for us, and everyone started to believe. Everyone started to bind to and uh, we, we I remember we have a, a meeting and uh, after that meeting when we talk about uh, what we want to do uh, what we want to be this year we will we, we, we try to believe in us and uh, I think uh, everything start to change after we'd gone uh, nine games without winning um, what changed was it player driven how much was more involved? Mm -hmm. um, what was really the turning point and how did it just all click together so conveniently? I mean, we know that we had a very good run with injuries, but it just felt like a, a dream run in the end. Um, was it something you'd ever been a part of before? Was it a completely new kind of experience? Yeah, yeah, it was, was very, pretty different. I never experienced this before. Uh, like you said, we, we have lucky with the injuries. We don't have many injuries at the moment. And when we start to win, everything start to change, the mentality, you know, and uh, even in training we were playing better, we were enjoying more and uh, I don't know, the happiness come back to, to our life, to our trainings and 
and we were very very close outside the, the pitch also we have a fantastic group I remember everyone get along with everyone we don't have any issue very good guys at the at the moment uh, everyone was fighting for 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 each other and uh, I think was uh, the main thing as I said before that the club maintained most of the, the players since we start with Joseph and this was the key that uh, we won what we won in, uh, in 2016 because uh, we know exactly what to do. I knew it, when I had the ball, I knew Isidio where he's going to be. I knew Bruce Chite where he's going to be when I had the ball. If I know exactly his run. I know how Isaias think mm-hmm. in different situations. And I think team, the teams, when they are the base to see is because they, they got players that played together for, for a while. And this is something that's not happening, unfortunately, in Australia, where the players got one, two-year contract, and after they go to another club, and after they go to another club, and it's different to find clubs that win trophies every year. Yes, I think uh, Sydney did very well yeah. a couple of years ago, until now, but uh, except for, for them and for us, there is not many clubs that maintain the same people, the same players. Um, you, Steph Mork, is a, is, um, is a one of the best midfield threes you've played in ever? Mm, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think playing with the, with both was, uh, was brilliant because they ran for me, so I was, <laughs> I was very lucky. Uh, I remember Isaiah, he's a machine, uh, even Stefan was, was young, very young there, and, I was telling him where to go, and he ran. He yeah. he, he went everywhere, and uh, we we play we play very well. I remember him, Isa, even Sirio, Bruce, uh, Pablo. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We have uh, a lot of good good players at the time. Even the Eugene, the the defensive line, everyone, everyone. Uh, we were lucky also, as I mentioned, Pablo. We have very good players at the bench also, um, made the impact when they come on and uh, yeah, we have a great, great team. Um, I want to ask, uh, just on the eve of that grand final, um, it was obviously a huge day, how much belief did you have that we were going to go ahead and win this? Like, was there ever any doubt at all in your mind that um, it no. might not have happened. You were fully confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very, very confident. Uh, I know the team that we got. Of course, in the final, everything can happen. But uh, I believe, I believe in the team, and uh, I believe in every one of my teammates. So I was very, fully confident that we were going to win. Yeah. Um, so after the emotional triumph of 2015-16, uh, the club underwent a massively disappointing title defence in 2016-17. Um, what went wrong for us throughout this season, um, in your opinion? I don't know, maybe, I don't know, it's difficult to find an explanation. Uh, I think we, we were playing also the Asian Champions League, that I wasn't involved, but uh, we, we dropped the standard, everyone started to, start to play differently and uh, we couldn't come back from that. We have a horrible season, unfortunately. Maybe because we wanted the uh, before and after we relaxed. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, different factors, different things happen, and uh, that's why we, we we didn't maintain this uh, level of football that we we have in uh, 2016. 
but this is football and then these kind of things happen. This uh, season, 2016-17, uh, was sadly going to be your last with the club, uh, as in July of 2017, after 114 appearances, 25 goals and four memorable seasons with Adelaide United, your time as a Red officially came to an end. Cello, um, you know, was it sad to leave the club? After after four amazing years, yes, yes, of course, because it was my my home, and uh, I didn't expect uh, to leave. But you know, in football, uh, sometimes kind of thing happen. And, yeah, all uh, good things I, end eventually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I went to Melbourne City with Michael again, Petrillo again. So was was he key in in getting you there? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. He was a sport director. He's still the, the sport director there. Mm -hmm. and, and uh, he called me, he knows who can I bring to the club and uh, after it didn't, didn't happen because I didn't play much with, with the yeah, coach yes. but uh, yeah, I was, I'm always very grateful with, with Adelaide United first because of them I'm an Australian citizen because of them I'm, I'm living in this beautiful country and giving my, my kids the opportunity to live here mm -hmm. Um, and also to Michael Patricio because he, he brought me to, to Australia. Of course, um, beautiful segue into the question on your citizenship. So um, you were proudly awarded Australian citizenship in 2017. Here's what you had to say at that time about becoming an Australian cello. So you said, I like Australia and I would love to keep living here and playing in the A-League. After all, the main reason I became an Australian citizen is to give my children a good life and an even better future. You. Yet, even if I do play abroad for two or three more years, I'll always come back here because this is my family's new home now. I want to live in Australia for the rest of my life, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, just tell us more about um, you know how, how much of a uh, fantastic uh, experience it was for you to be awarded your citizenship after spending so long in this country, which I'm sure when you'd first come here, you probably didn't think you were going to be here this long, did you? No, of course not. Yeah. When you when I came here, we we spoke with my wife. I say, let's go there, try have a, a different uh, different experience, mm -hmm. and always thinking and come back to 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 Argentina. But after a couple of years, uh, I met really really good people here also, and I was enjoying my life, my football, everything. And after living the, in this country, we. As I said before, we want to give to my kids the opportunity to live in this in this country that give you opportunities to to grow to to achieve whatever you want mm -hmm. if you work hard. So it's uh, uh, it's something I always be grateful. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So um, you then went on to finalise your professional career. Um, after you'd been at Melbourne City to sign at Western Sydney where Josip Gambao had come in um, five rounds into the 2017-18 season. Um, can you briefly sum up your time uh, with both clubs? But obviously you've told us a bit about City. So at Western Sydney, back with Josip, um, obviously um, there's still debate now as to whether he was um, removed fairly or not because, you know, less than one season there. Not a whole lot of time, and he'd shown um, previously that you know it would take at least one season after the example he'd set here with Adelaide. Um, anyhow, Josip uh, was was moved on, and that ended up being um, the last taste he had uh, playing professionally. Um, what was it like? Yeah, look, uh, I don't have much to say about uh, Melbourne City. Yeah, unfortunately, didn't play much. But uh, about Josip, yeah, straight away when he called me. 
I flew to from Melbourne to to Wellington and to play. Yeah. So the, the first game I play, I come on, come in the second half. Uh, I start to play straight away with him, and he he know that he gave me the confidence again, and I start to to play every game, and I play almost yeah, I think every game, 15, 16 games was a from January to, to June and after unfortunately Joseph didn't uh, finish his contract and uh, yeah I couldn't stay there but uh, of course uh, always was uh, enjoyable to, to work under Joseph. Did you see it improving um, or did you think that maybe the club did need to go in a different direction? The club, uh, I, I think the club should keep him. Yeah. Because as we know, Joseph, uh, without precision, uh, it's difficult to to understand and to play the way that he wants. Because uh, same happened to us; we we were playing totally different, and he need time to, to for the players to understand what he wants. And uh, he didn't have that time. And I was to Sydney, and he was coaching uh, during the season, and it was almost impossible to change. The, the style of playing and uh, that's why he didn't yeah, succeed over there. So, uh, Cello, you effectively called it a day on your professional career after the 2017-18 A-League season. Uh, you returned here to Adelaide to play part-time in the NPL competition with West Adelaide and to resume duties with your academy, which had already been established before you'd left. Um, you ended your time with West Adelaide perhaps prematurely. Can you divulge into the reasons as to why this was to be for all the viewers? Yes, when I came to come back to Adelaide, I started to speak with clubs to keep playing because I was feeling well and fit and I still I, ha- I thought I have one more year maybe to play and enjoy my last year playing here in NPL while at the same time doing my academy. Mm-hmm. But after I started to train and doing my academy full time for the first time in since I started, because before when I when I created the academy I would work in, in, in schools and yeah. now uh, I started to, to work for the whole year and it was something different for me and I thought I could handle you know, training with the club and also doing the academy but sometimes finish the academy, run to the change room to get changed, go to the pitch and train and uh, wasn't uh, 100% uh, you know convenient yeah, 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 I wasn't fair also for the club, I wasn't in, uh, doing all my best mm-hmm. and I've always been very professional and at the moment I wasn't doing my my best for the club that they gave me the chance to, to play in MPL so because uh, I want to be more focused in the academy and um, the main thing was to, to help the kids and I thought it was uh, better to, to finish and don't play anymore and keep uh, keep training and keep uh, helping the kids uh, development uh, that was my my key since I came to to Adelaide. Were you surprised by the standard of the NPL? Um, Did you think it might not necessarily have been as challenging as it was um, coming into this competition. Obviously, you've been a professional for a very long time and played a, a high standard um, since probably the year 2000. So, mm. probably it hadn't been since grassroots ages for you that you were playing in front of you know very small crowds every week, not training five times a week. You know, did you did you it, perhaps it come into it and expect that it was going to be a bit easier than it was? 
So it's different, it's, it's totally different compared with the A-League or professional environment. Mm -hmm. uh, just training three times a week and as you say, uh, what's different, what's different. Uh, I wasn't enjoying much mm -hmm. um, and as I said before, the, my main objective was to be focused in the academy and to to guide the kids and to help the kids improve their skills and development and uh, and I thought it was uh, the right thing to do just to, to finish mm -hmm. my, my playing career and uh, be focused 100% on what I want to do now. So Cello, you now have a full-time focus on maintaining and growing the Karuska Football Academy. Tell us about the academy and how viewers of the show who have young kids with a strong appetite for football can go about getting involved with it. Yes, the academy we start working in the school first mm -hmm. and now we are, I'm doing for all the year, doing sessions during the week and also Saturday mornings. Um, the main thing is to share with them my experience, my knowledge, try to guide them, teach them the proper skills, you know, and showing them how to do it. And this is the main thing, try to help them to, to, to improve their skills because it's a um, focus on the technical part of the of the game. So mm -hmm. hopefully I can I can help everyone to to improve the the football level. And uh, for parents that are watching that might be interested, um, if they want to go about trying to initiate contact so that um, they can get their kids involved, what's yeah. the the best way to go about doing that? Yeah, they can go to the web page. It's www.karuskafutbolacademy.com.au and it's all the information there, all the program that we are running. Um, yeah, they can send me an email if they want. Um, yeah. And there's flexibility for kids to be involved in your academy, academy as well as playing um, for a club as well. Yes, yeah. yes, of course. This is all what I want that the kids do. You know. Yeah. Check with the clubs and also came with me. And we work more in technical stuff. And yeah, and I think we, between the clubs and. And the academy, we, we can help the kids to, to improve. So, yeah, happy to, to help everyone. And do you have a, uh, a certain number of glowing stars right now that you can see that have the potential to, uh, to go all the way that are with you right yes, now? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Isai Star, we have a couple of very, very good kids, good skills. But as I said before, it's also about to be a good person, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, teach them the, the discipline, the respect. Uh, the hard work and uh, it's not just come and play football, it's, it's true football teaching them all the, the, the values that my parents are, and, and my ex-club taught me since I was very young. And um, it's a very like rare opportunity that these kids are going to have because um, there aren't many people here that have the amount of experience you've got, having grown up in a different generation in you know on a different side of the world where things aren't necessarily provided to kids like they are here. Yeah. A lot of kids here have everything they need on a silver spoon. You obviously didn't grow up, you, you had to work for everything. And so um, coming from that kind of a background where you can share that experience, you know, that's a very rare opportunity that, that exists. So yeah. um, I, I really uh, would implore every uh, parent that has a, a prospective football talent that watches the show to, to get involved with the Marcello Football uh, Academy. Marcello yeah. Football Academy. Yeah. Thanks man, yeah, it's true. It's true because uh, always I was thinking also to do a tour, go to Argentina, show them where I grew up, yeah. where the pitches I used to play. 
you know, the level of the, I don't know, the grass that they, the, most of the pitchers don't have to okay. yeah. uh, These kind of things that uh, you can show the kids uh, how important it is, how, how, great, how uh, lucky they are to, to live and grow up in this country. Yeah. And maybe they can value things more, you know. So I understand coaching at the top level is a future endeavor of yours. You put up some pictures on the academy socials um, of you doing, uh, I think it was your pro license. Be yeah. Uh, recently. Um, so, Cello, I have to ask, uh, will we one day see you in football management at the top level? I think one day, yeah, yeah. but not, not soon. I think uh, now I'm more focusing uh, just in the kid development. This is what I want to do. Just to share my experience with the, the young generation of players yeah. and trying to guide them and try to help them to 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 achieve and uh, be a professional player one day. Uh, this is something that I want to do now. I'm doing. I'm enjoying a lot. And uh, in the end of the day, it's more about how they uh, become good footballers are also good person. You were under probably five professional coaches throughout your time here in Australia, four or five at least. Mm -hmm. um, where did it uh, compare to people who had coached you in Argentina and also in Turkey? And, and who was your favorite coach? I'm guessing yeah. Joseph, while you were here. Yeah, yeah, look, I had good coaches in my career. I was very lucky, very lucky at God. In Argentina, I had Bilardos that was uh, they won the World Cup with Argentina in '86, mm -hmm. and they they went to the final in World Cup '1990, and I got him for a couple of years, and he he told me a lot of a lot of things. I, I learned from him a lot. Also, I got uh, Savela, that was also the Argentinian national team coach, uh, in the World Cup a couple of years ago, and. Uh, here in Australia, I had good coaches also. I don't know, I enjoy with everyone had different uh, characteristics, have different uh, opinions, and uh, I learned a bit from for everyone. I think uh, I was very lucky, I got very, very good coaches. Yeah, no question about it at all now. Just a quick, quick question I've got. Um, my favorite goal we ever scored was, I think, during your first ever season at Wellington away. Um, have you got a personal favorite? Yeah, yeah, that was one of the best, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any others that spring to mind? Just maybe one I scored against Melbourne Victory. Yeah, uh, was was a good one. The penalty I always scored was uh, difficult. I remember more the celebration of the goal, but yeah. it was a, was a nice nice moment. And the uh, assist against Sydney FC in the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, Chell, I got some fan questions for you. Yeah. So. Um, We'll see how these go. So Ilya Tsikiris, now we've kind of covered this. Um, Ilya asks, uh, what was your tenure at West Adelaide like and why was it such a short stint? Um, you've kind of divulged the reasons as to why that was, but do you want to maybe give another summary as to, was it just, yeah, couldn't adjust to, to playing part-time? That was yeah. the main hurdle? Yeah, it was the main thing, to yeah. be honest. It was you know, doing 50%, uh, you know, doing academy and, and playing there, also I'm doing my academy in the same ground that we train. Yeah. So as I said before, we finished the coaching and after I went to the change room, get changed, I go to the pitch, train. And you know, I'm not 20 years old anymore, yeah, so yeah. I, yeah. I got a couple of problems and yeah. This is the main thing. 
Yeah. Artificial surfaces are an interesting point, though, aren't they? Because most clubs are getting them now. Yeah. Yet, um, you know, as a professional, you spend your entire career obviously playing on proper grass, and um, particularly playing in uh, those early summer months, it must have killed you. Exactly. This yeah. is another reason that I couldn't play uh, on my. 100%. Um, okay, uh, Dimi Panna asks, uh, the best advice you were given when you were young? Best advice, always, I have my, my, the, the best advice from my parents, that they always taught me to be hard worker and uh, never give up and training and love the game. I think my, my father loved the game and we watch football all, all the time at home and that is something also that uh, the difference if you compare with Australia is uh, is a big difference because unfortunately the kids don't, can't watch any games here mm -hmm. so to to create the football culture is is very difficult because they don't consume they don't watch games they and it's not the number one sport there is not the number one sport even it's not the second yeah or the third yeah so I, so yeah as i said before hopefully one day will be the first or even the second one mm -hmm. uh, after footy um, and the kids uh, have more passion for the game you yeah. know this is something I also i'm doing with my academy sharing my passion with them and uh, i want that they have the same passion and also play with the with the I don't know, trying to encourage them to, to yeah. be to be better, to be to be the best. Uh, if they want to be professional players, no, doesn't matter. But uh, in whatever they do, they have to do with 100% and uh, give their best. Beautifully said. Um, Stuart Paul asks, what is your view on Amor and who was the best United coach you had? Yeah, he was a good coach. He was... A, he didn't talk much with us, he, uh, he wasn't very close with the players, uh, compared with Joseph, for example. Mm -hmm. But uh, when he came to, to Adelaide uh, and he took the, 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 the coaching role, um, he brought different ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we changed a couple of things uh, in terms of playing style and I think uh, he helped us to 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 be and to finish uh, champion, uh, I think he was a big part of the of the the championship and uh, yeah. Did he try and be more of a sort of European style manager as opposed to a coach, which Josip was more of? Um, did he try and sort of emulate, um, you know, for instance, what the head coach of Barcelona would do now, which is to tell their first team coaches how they want the team to play and then the rest of the time they spend in their office picking the team, trying to work out what yeah. kind of transfer they're going to do. Was he more like that? Yeah, it was a mix, I think. Uh, also, Paul Marti was assistant coach yep. there, which also, also have a big part. He was running... Uh, Almost every session mm -hmm. with Joseph or with Guillermo, and he was very, very important for us as well. Uh, Nicholas Di Pasquale asks, What do you think needs to change in Australian football in order for us to produce more world class players? I think uh, we, we don't have all day though. <laughs> no, I already say that. I think uh, yeah. the main thing is uh, the kids uh, spend more time with the ball. Yeah, yeah. that's simple. Simple to that. Yeah, there is no rocket science. Just to teach them the proper skills, show them how to do it, and after practice, practice, and practice. 
Can you give us a bit more of a behind-the-scenes look at um, what went on at Adelaide United in the aftermath of winning the championship? Obviously, you're a family man now, but Cello, uh, socially, were you quite the party boy back in Argentina? Had you ever partied as much as you did after we won the championship in 2015-16? Uh, yes. Yeah? Yes, <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, but it was a big night. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a big night. Um, but this, this uh over life, as a, when you become a soccer player, you can't go out much. You need to be very, very responsible. You need to be very professional since from very young age. Uh, I remember my 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 friends went out and uh, it was at home, you know, because I had the game on Saturday yeah. or, or Sundays, and all these sacrifices that we have done when all our career, and nobody see. Uh, there is something uh, that after when you have time and you achieve something important, you you celebrate, uh, of course, uh, uh, 100%, of course, uh, you, the same way that you play, the same way that you celebrate also. Um, I haven't had a guest come in that A won the championship, so you're the first one, so we're very grateful. Secondly, um, I haven't had a guest that's come on who played against Liverpool in that exhibition match. Now, you've bought the kit behind me there. Yes. Um, do you want to hold that one up and do you want to tell us what it was like to play against one of the biggest clubs in the world in front of a packed crowd at Atlanta? Yeah, yeah I remember it was a great game, yeah. very great game, I enjoyed it a lot. Actually, uh, I think I got I, I, I play really well that game. I feel very very good. I remember Greg King, the the fitness coach, was telling me that I didn't sprint once at the game. But you didn't need to. <laughs> and I, I told him, no worries, I don't need to. <laughs> but yeah, it was a uh, was a very good experience. Also play against this. Uh, this giant club here. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, did you get to meet um, all the players? What was that like? Uh, not really. No, no it's just uh, no, it's just we play the game. Now we say goodbye. That's it. Yeah. 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 And that was Joseph Gombau's last ever game. Yes. Yes, it's true. Had, had he? Because obviously you had quite a close relationship with him. Had he? Um, sort of signaled to you that he was going to leave before the announcement um, happened. We were talking before about, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was a bit uh, surprised for us because uh, we were were thinking that we're thinking that he he stay with us, but we know how uh, coach's life is. Mm -hmm. um, he was looking for other opportunities, and we wish him all the best, and he left. As we wish you all the very best, Marcello, in your future. It's been fantastic getting you on the show. One of the greatest players to ever play for the club. Four very memorable years at the club. Um, I've got a few kids that you played in uh, behind yes. us here, yes. including the anniversary kit uh, all the way down there. You are firmly ingrained in our club's history, Marcello. And, um, from uh, everyone at Purebred Reds, we wish you all the very best with uh, your future, whether it's uh, the majority of it is in Australia or not. Um, we wish to uh, continually see you around the club. I've seen you around uh, at the uh, the cup final recently, and I know yeah. you go to one or two United games as well where yeah. you can. So, uh, mate, it's been very, very, very insightful you. having you on. Um, thanks for coming in, and uh, all the best, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers.